Bed, Bath, and Beyond has a plan. Do you? Earlier this year, I shared with you that Bed, Bath, and Beyond was having some problems. On this week's episode, I'm going to break down how they've decided to solve those problems and how it might help you. Stay tuned. Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's Podcast. I am Dylan Gallagher, and this is my podcast where once a week, I take some time to share some thoughts with entrepreneurs in hopes of helping them solve a problem, maybe putting a stone in their shoe that will frustrate them enough to force them to change what they're doing, to change course. Um, And I do that because I think it's hard to find like just some very good practical advice, and because I am in the trenches all day long, There's always stuff I'm thinking about. There's always conversations that I'm having. And I know that passing these conversation pieces along can be or might be helpful to an entrepreneur out there that feels like maybe they're doing battle all by themselves and that their particular circumstances and situations uh, are unique. And the truth is that they're not. As entrepreneurs and as business owners, we generally all face uh, the same challenges How we deal with them is not always the same, and certainly if you are dealing with challenges or problems for the first time, or maybe the problems and challenges that you're facing are unique to you for the first time, then maybe something you hear on this podcast will help you out. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you for sharing your comments and your feedback with me. Um, I'm always surprised. I just never get over it. I'm always surprised at what folks tell me. Uh, out of nowhere about this podcast. And so I do know that there are folks listening to it, uh, notwithstanding what the statistics tell me, I just know in the normal course of my life that there are people that I come across all the time that are telling me uh, what this podcast is doing for them. So thanks very much. On this week's episode, I'm breaking down an announcement by Bed Bath & Beyond about how they're going to move forward in light of all of the challenges that they've had. And earlier this year, if you want to go back and take a look, I did a blog uh, entry about Bed Bath & Beyond and talked about the challenges they were having and how they had decided, you know what, we're just going to put everything on hold until we have figured out what our strategic plan is going to be and uh, whatever happens to the stock price, so be it, we'll just deal with it as it comes. And they have now put together their plan. And I'm not necessarily going to color and paint for you the the entire picture of what they're doing. I'm really just going to take some of the pieces of what they're doing and see if I can bend it and form it around the everyday business. Businesses like what I'm running, transportation businesses, construction businesses, advertising businesses, And maybe you might find something in here as well. So Bed Bath & Beyond, there was a whole bunch of things that they were struggling with, mostly um, a stock price that was depressed, and that was because they weren't able to keep up with their competitors, their customer experience that they were offering uh, to customers wasn't as competitive as the other folks in the marketplace. And so they're just having a really rough go. And they had they were going to close a bunch of locations, and then they basically just put the whole thing on hold and said, wait a minute, let's just get our feet beneath us first before we keep going. And so now they've got a plan, and I'm going to share some of the pieces of that plan. And uh, I'll start, I think, with the first thing. So the theme of their plan was that they were looking for stability. Now, why does that matter? Why does looking Why is looking for stability important? In my opinion, um, if a business isn't, isn't moving forward, it's moving backwards. There really is no such thing as standing still in a business. You might get a moment 
where you're able to stand still because you are celebrating in your victory or or you've got lots of good stuff happening and so you want to sort of take a minute to capitalize on it. But the truth is, if you're in a competitive marketplace, your competitors are going to figure out your secret sauce and they're going to replicate it and then you're back on the treadmill of trying to find something else. So most businesses, most times, you'll hear me say, hey, you've got to you got to get going. You got to get growing. You need to be doing something with your business and getting it to the next step, to the next level. Because if you're not pressing forward, then chances are you're falling behind. However, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, instead of saying they're going to grow, they're looking to simply stop moving backwards. And so the theme of their plan was stability. And I think that's pretty appropriate because right now, I think every business is looking for stability. Um, it's not so much about growing. I think at this point in time, it's not even so much about cutting costs and trying to find cost savings somewhere because uh, you've already done that. Uh, the, it, right now, as of this recording, it's October the 28th, so we are coming up on nine months. Is that about right? Nine months, eight months of COVID. Any business that is still hanging around has already done all the cost cutting stuff. So it's not so much about cost cutting as, as it is about getting stability. It's about figuring out, and much like in the case of Bed Bath & Beyond, it's understanding what do you have to work with and how do you start putting it together to produce a result that is stable that you can then grow off of. And so that's the theme of what Bed Bath & Beyond is doing. And I think Truth is, many entrepreneurs should be considering that right now. How do we go for stability? Growth would be great. Taking advantage of opportunities would be great. But we probably need to do that from a really secure place. So let's work on stability. So what does that mean? For Bed Bath & Beyond, it means shutting down underperforming locations. So they had already decided they were going to close a bunch of locations. But instead of doing it on a reactive basis, they took their time to really understand what makes a good location or a performing location perform? And whatever those metrics were, whatever that formula was, they then applied it to the portfolio of locations they had. And any location that doesn't didn't fit the bill, simply getting, getting shut down. So that was part one. Part two was then making the decision to say, we are going to invest in what we have left. The, the technical term for it is they're making capital investments. They're basically taking their money and investing it into their location. So they're freshening up the, the, the look and the feel of the locations. They're changing the layouts. They're changing the shelving. They're making sure that for the customers that are finding time to leave their house, put on a mask, and go into their store, that it's going to be a good experience. Uh, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm a huge proponent of that as a competitive advantage. Ex the customer experience is really everything. So they're going to make capital investments into um, locations and they're going to spend about 60% of their revenue doing that. So that's monumental to, to pick that kind of a number um, and say this is how much money we're going to spend uh, to freshen up our locations uh, speaks to the gravity of their particular situation. Now, I should stay that, state that they have a three-year plan. So they're basically taking uh, the position that they're in right now and looking three years out to say, here's where we want to be, year one, year two, year three. We're going to go for stability, stability, and then growth. And I've always thought, you know, most times when you listen to people talk about business planning, they talk about having a five-year plan. And I've always thought that for small and medium-sized businesses, that's really tough to do because business just changes so, so, so quickly. Uh, the things that you thought you knew uh, oftentimes are um, subject to change, 
really rapidly. And a five-year plan, it's a lot of fun to put together, but it's really tough to execute on. It's really tough to, to make it come to life. And a three-year plan, that's 36 months. You know, the first 12 to 18 months go pretty fast. So then looking and trying to forecast for another 18 months after that, that's a little bit more reasonable, a little bit more bite-sized for an entrepreneur to do. And it turns out, even if you're a public company, you do it. So Bed Bath & Beyond, looking for stability. They're going to do it based around a three-year plan, but they're going to take 60% of the revenue, reinvest it back into their locations to freshen them up and to give customers um, a better experience. And again, I think for f- for anyone listening to this, you know, why? What's the what's the takeaway? The takeaway is that Bed Bath and Beyond is in the business of having a retail storefront. They've decided to get rid of the storefronts that aren't adding to their bottom line. Said another way, aren't really adding to their brand. Any entrepreneur, whether you have a product business or a service business or a retail business or an online business, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you have to be very selective in where you're going to reinvest the capital that your business is generating. And hopefully you're able to reinvest that capital or if, if reinvest isn't something you've ever done before, then maybe investing is something you need to do and investing it into the things that make a difference with your customer. And certainly for Bed Bath & Beyond, that involves freshening up physical locations. But what would it mean for your business? If you were able to scrape together some money, where is the best place for your business to invest that capital today? I know from the three different businesses that I'm currently working with um, that are in my own portfolio, uh, the answer is different for each of them. Um, In one business, that means taking capital and investing it in people. Uh, In another business, it means taking the capital and investing it in how we get our message to the marketplace. And in a third business, it means taking that capital and investing in another piece of equipment that's going to help us do more work uh, than what we currently do, uh, and it's going to do it at a better cost. So what would that look like for you? Uh, another piece of the, the strategy that Bed Bath & Beyond is putting together is that they're revisiting their supplier and vendor relationships. And I can share with you that uh, this is something that, that I'm certainly involved with um, because the world has changed. COVID has changed a lot of things. Um, your vendors and your suppliers, your landlord, everything is up for negotiation today because the world has just changed so much. The business environment has changed so much. The marketplace has changed so much. So if you haven't picked up the phone to talk to your suppliers or your vendors or the people that you rely on to provide pieces of the product or service that you deliver to the marketplace, then you, then you need to do that. Big company like Bed Bath & Beyond Obviously, they've got some weight behind them to be able to do that, but there's nothing to preclude you from doing that. If you have suppliers or you have particular relationships, strategic relationships that you rely on for the for your, the livelihood of your business, then picking up the phone and starting to engage and, and saying, hey, how can you help us? Because if you can help us, that ultimately helps you because if you're only doing just as an example, one sale a day through us because of the particular structure that we have. Well, if you change the structure, maybe we could do two sales a day or three sales a day. Um, and that benefits both of us. So maybe the margins are, are a little bit less um, than what we had before, but with more volume, we can make up that margin uh, differential. So there's lots of different ways to, to, to cut that conversation. But picking up the phone or having an email or going to meet uh, your vendors and suppliers or the other people that, that you rely on in person could really, really go a long way. Uh, another key part of the Bed Bath & Beyond restructure 
or three-year plan for stability, involves something that I was very surprised to see them admit publicly. And as a as a small business uh, provider, I know that this has been an incredible, uh, useful, an incredibly useful exercise for the businesses that I'm a part of. And it is coming up before you do the eye roll. It's coming up with buyer personas. So. Not all of your customers are exactly the same. You know, some of them are male, some of them are female, some of them are old, some of them are young, some of them are at different stages in their career, some of them are at different uh, stages in the buying cycle and the decision-making process. And so what Bed Bath & Beyond did is they said, look, here is the range and spectrum of different types of people that, 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 that come and shop with us and spend money with us. And so they broke it into several different categories, a, a buyer persona. And they you know, kind of came up with an image of what this particular persona looks like and what their habits are and what their skill sets are and what their desires are. And, and the, there's a whole theory behind it. So you can Google search buyer personas and be inundated with what it means. But Bed Bath & Beyond has done this to understand the kind of groupings that their customers fall into. And then instead of trying to cater to all of those customers equally, they have picked two particular, they've picked two specific groups within that buyer persona pool and have decided to really build their short-term plan around those two personas to increase, significantly increase the amount of business they do with these two types of customers. I know in the businesses I'm involved with that having this type of a conversation um, on an ongoing basis. It's certainly not something that you do one time, but really getting down and understanding the types of customers that your business serves really well makes a difference in the kind of decisions that you make. Um, And in the one example I can give you is in our transportation business, we have large commercial accounts, but we also have what are called owner-operator accounts. So we have big commercial accounts where Um, somebody who fits on an org chart is responsible for making sure that the maintenance work gets done on a fleet of of, of, uh, uh, transport trucks and trailers. Um, And it's very sort of, it's just not, it's not like a personal relationship. It's more of a corporate relationship Um, versus our owner operators where we work on their personal um, tractor trucks and trailers that they use to generate an income. And our margins are different, obviously, for both types of customers. We have lower margins on our corporate customers, higher margins on our owner-operator customers. But during COVID, what we saw is that our owner-operators, were the, where they maybe had maybe not one uh, vehicle, commercial vehicle, but maybe they had three or four commercial vehicles versus a fleet that has 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 vehicles. You know, those, those owner-operator type companies, um, they needed to stay in business. They needed us to help them. They, uh, it, it's uh, the structure of our business and the way we're designed is lends itself really well to that type of a customer. And so, working through COVID and coming out of COVID, we've made the conscientious decision to make that type of a customer a larger percentage of our revenue instead of going after fleet work. Fleet work is really great when the market is good, but when the market gets tough, as we've experienced, um, it's it's. Uh, the first business, the first part of the, the, it's the first revenue we lose. And because it's lower margin, um, it's sort of make work work to begin with. We're happy to have it, but we don't want it to be too much of what we do. So now, uh, instead of just taking whatever business comes through the front door, we are intentionally marketing 
through Facebook, through Google ads, as well as through the telephone to find that very specific type of customer that we know we can service really well um, and obviously be very profitable on um, and competitive. And so guess what? Bed Bath & Beyond's doing that. I'm seeing it in our businesses. I would encourage you, if you haven't done that, to really understand your the best type of customer that your business could be solving a problem for, and then doubling down and doubling down and doubling down on that. Um, and so there's some other things that they're doing, but I think that um, I think that those are kind of the big pieces. They're three-year plan, which is something we can all do. Something you know, a plan that is meaningful and something that can work in your business. Um, instead of going for growth, they've decided to at this point just try to stabilize out everything that feels very very lumpy. They're going to get rid of the stuff, uh, the locations in particular, but for you and I, that means just getting rid of the things that aren't contributing to the business and in fact are taking away. And then to, to make investments in the things that are working and even taking that one step further to say, how do we go and get the perfect type of business right now, given that there's so much uncertainty, let's take some time to understand who does our business solve problems for the best? And then how do we get more of those? And then, of course, something very much more on the fringe, but just revisiting relationships with suppliers and vendors and other strategic um, uh, partnerships where your business re- relies on them in order to provide you know, the products or service that your business provides. So that's what I'm thinking about um, as I make my way through uh, each of my days uh, dealing with... Um, you know, the challenges of COVID, figuring out how to run a business in what is a very different marketplace today than than what it was a year ago or even 10 or 11 months ago. Um, hopefully you found some value in that. Hopefully there's some little nuggets in today's episode that you can do something with in your business. And um, as I always say, state, if you want some ideas, I love hearing myself talk. So feel free to send me an email or reach out to me. I'm a pretty easy guy to get a hold of. And um, if this podcast was of any value to you. Please rate it or share it or like it or comment on it, good, bad, or otherwise. And uh, when you do that, it, it finds legs and gets in front of other entrepreneurs that could benefit from some of this content as well. So thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to catching you on next week's episode.